Welcome back to First Bell, your source for all things Camp Coochie Chain. You're here with your three favorite hosts, Zach, Pat, and Matt. And we are reporting to you live from the main dock. There are canoes in the water. There are campers in the water. And there are about to be paddles in the water. We are currently at the precipice of an opportunity for two token cards for the lucky campers that come in first. And if you can beat the record, your achievement will be permanently emblazed in the canoe plaque in the breezeway, along with the legends such as Kyle Ronimus and the Wellington brothers, and many other who have achieved that achievement. Canoeists, are you ready? Three, two, one, go! And they're off. Wow, that's some serious paddle power. You said it, Mike. Not a lily dipper as far as the eye can see, Stroke. Woo! You got this, Cabin 9? Yeah, that Grumman got a Hemi? Dang. Oh, choke up on that chaff, Leroy. There you go, bud. Ah, man, these preps really putting the pry in pride out there tonight. But don't be afraid to shoot the J-stroke, my dudes. Therein lies the real prize, am I right? Say, what was that old school saying Ernst shared in his Red Lodge speech about paddling? Put the paddle to the metal or something. Put the ash to her. It's not meant to be in order, but rather a cry of exuberance. An acceptance of the challenge of the wind. Alex Ernst. Yeah, we gotta bring that back. Ah, man, and could we have asked for a better night for an around-the-island canoe race? I tell you what. Sun beginning its slow descent over rainy lake, calm waters, and... Oh, oh, oh! Check it out, boys. It's our resident bald eagle. Looks like she's bringing home dinner. That is good luck to see that. mm Hey, hold up. Yo, Matt, Zach, do you guys... Is there someone in a solo canoe over by the swimming beach? Who is Yeah, that? they're like shrouded in fog. Wow, something mystic about that. Let's... Should we go check that out? Yeah, let's uh, let's hop in a boat. Let's paddle over there. Let's see who we're Yeah, we got to. at least half an hour or so before uh, they start coming around the corner. Uh, let's hit a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Attention. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with an itchy bug bite, you may be entitled to financial compensation. If you feel you have been wrongly exposed to mosquitoes due to faulty bug spray, please call the law offices of Camp Kuchichang at 1-800-7272-7272. And we're back. We're coming up to some sort of strange individual in a solo boat. Is it me or is that? Is that Kyle Ronimus, guys? Kyle Ronimus? What? Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Hey, hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Good, not bad at all. Um, hey, my name's Patrick, this is Zach and Matt. Um, we're recording for a podcast. Uh, are we mistaken, or are you Kyle Ronimus? You, you, you look like Cooch Boys. You Cooch Boys? Dang, dang tootin'. All right, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you know, this place is full of memories. Anyway, I like to come up every year and uh, watch the uh, Around the Island canoe race, so I kind of sit out here and just enjoy watching them. Well, Kyle, if I'm not mistaken, you are the record holder for the Around the Island Canoe Race. Well, I believe we still are. My brother, my brother Eric and I. I think it was 19, 1976. 1976. I mean, this place is full of memories, but not all memories make it onto a plaque. 
<laughs> we would love to hear more about what went into that epic win. That You have held that record since 1976. It's still up on the boat in the trip center. It's always sort of haunted guys, specifically guys on staff who think they got the chops to match up, but never seem to be able to come close. Take us back to 1976, sort of just set the stage. What was that like? How did that? How did this come to be? We all kind of grew up in canoes and on the Mad River in Springfield, Ohio. We'd pretty much get out there a few times a week. And I started racing with my dad when I was about six years old. And I remember he used to he used to have to put an L and an R on my Chuck Taylors. So uh, I knew which way to draw when he said left or right because I get a little confused up there. <laughs> <laughs> so he... Uh, he did that, and he'd have to stick a big old boulder under my seat to keep the bow down, keep the wind factor out of it. So uh, so we started real young, so it wasn't like it just happened. We've been training for years for it, actually. That is beautiful. Who was the other guy in your boat? My brother, Eric. I think I was I think I was 16. He's probably five years older than me, so he was 21. I think he was a, I think he was a counselor in the senior camp. I think that was maybe the first year they took the SEAL. And I've heard rumors that you guys would wake up before breakfast, before first bell, and get on the water to train for this race. Is that correct? Well, in the last week, unfortunately, he'd, he'd make me get up every morning. I didn't really – I wasn't as into he, – he knew we could break the record. I think we had tried before and almost did it. So, anyway, he thought the Wellington brothers, the famous Wellington brothers, had held it for quite a while before us. So anyway, mm. he, he made me get up, yeah, just, just for a week or two before to get up in the morning before first bell and paddle around. Do you mind sharing any secrets with us? What kind of strokes were you guys doing in the boat so that maybe we can have a shot at beating that record? Because I feel like every year no one even comes close. Well, that's key, quite frankly, is we use the racing stroke, which is about a stroke a second. And then uh, you, you never rudder, you never pry you steer by changing sides so as you're starting to drift back towards the center before you get there you yell hup just hup every time it was time to switch and you switch on stroke you wouldn't even miss a miss a stroke on the switch so it was, that's the key quite honestly so you go so is it, is it like 10 strokes you yell hup no it was all sometimes Sometimes it could be one stroke and back over, depending upon the wind. And <clears throat> you turn, you know, with the with the stern and just, you know, paddling on his side. So, so there was no no number to it. Sometimes it'd be ten strokes on one side and two on the other. And <clears throat> luckily that morning, as I recall, it was uh, pretty calm, so we didn't really have a wind factor to deal with too much. Which was another. I actually I think it was the evening after, like they usually do after after dinner but i think as i recall it was very calm some people believe that this is not a real time that there's no way that this imaginality could be true what do you say to those people yeah well that's that, sometimes that's coming from your feisty new director chump talking junk basically <laughs> just go ask ask bj he timed it <laughs> can't ask bugsy anymore unfortunately but i believe they both timed it so he can talk all the junky ones, but the old school dudes that were there, they know the truth. So the clocks worked the same same way they do now back then. Is that yeah, right? yeah, clocks were the same. Two two uh, stopwatches, I believe, Verkamp. They don't go. I heard they went slower back then, but. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, another another key to it, honest, quite honestly, was my brother. He was uh, he was quite a specimen. 
he was tall and long, long muscles. And he, uh, he and my dad, I, I believe that's second or third in the nationals when he was, I don't know, 17 or so. Wow. But, uh, he was, he was an amazing paddler <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he also started from an early age and he, he actually, uh, he actually, uh, just like 10, two tenths of a second, he missed out on going to the Olympics that year. And I believe he was like 19 or 20 probably. Wow. He was pretty amazing in a boat so is it still stand um that you and your brother have offered five hundred dollars to anybody oh i'm not sure it was five i thought it was a hundred as i recall okay well it's it's gone up with interest every year yeah uh yeah we'll 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 say two okay we'll compromise two hundred dollars to the next person that can beat that two hundred thousand in any boat not just the grumman so kyle I think these guys are coming around the corner here pretty soon. Um, I think we're probably past that mark already with your record. But I have one more question for you. We have um, something called the Law of the Woods of the Week. And this last week, um, as all social media with camp and whatnot, it is be silent. It is harder to be silent than to speak. But in the hour of trial, it is stronger. I was wondering if anything comes to mind when you meditate on that law of the woods, if anything comes to mind, what what that means to you or perhaps a specific situation in which that was illustrated. Uh, I guess I'd relate it to social media and you don't have to chime in on everything everybody says. You can. Agree to disagree without having to voice your opinion, maybe. And that might be appropriate for these days. Amen. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Looks like they're coming around. Oh, it looks like it's going to be a close one. Are you staying out here for a little while? Do you need a place to sleep? Are you sleeping on the water? I, I just, I might just uh, head over to Half Mile, pitch a tent. Beautiful. Well, Kyle, you are a living legend. Thank you so much for your time here today. Practice that racing stroke. Somebody can do it. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, guys. Great job. And there you have it, folks. We will be right back. Looks like we have a winner. We're going to go catch up with the winner right now. But in the meantime, we'll be right back after these short messages. Don't need a horse. Don't need a saddle. I just need my boat and my bitch chef paddle. Bend and Branches Paddles. Now available as an early incentive gift. For real, though. God, that was awesome, guys, wasn't it? Yeah, we should try out that racing stroke. How did he, how did he do it? Hut! Hup! 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 I think you just say hup, 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 hup! Whoa, check out that boat. Yo, is that one of the boats we made in boat building? Yeah, Whoa, what? a skin-on-frame canoe? Who's that in there? Hey, it's Trace! Trace, Trace? Dunn in the boatman. Yo, Trace! Hold up, bro. Hey, what's going on, guys? Howdy, what's Trace. Up, man? Just uh, just paddle around the island. A little slower than Ronald's, but not by much. With these boats, really light. Yeah, can you tell us about that boat? That's a skid-on frame canoe. Yeah, it's a skid-on frame canoe we made on the island. All the all the kids took a class and made it. it took about four weeks, but steam bending and all all that good stuff. It was quite the experience. So, Trace, you've uh, built a few boats. I know that I lived with you for about yeah. a month in Cincinnati, and we did the urban boat building together, and uh, now you're taking a more hands-on role. Could you tell us a little bit about this program that uh, Camp is doing? Yeah, so, you know, Camp United Education Foundation has, like, Camp Kuchiching, Camp Ogichi Dockway, 
And now we're really exploring into another way we can uh, impact more kids and more, more urban environment. So we started the Urban Wilderness Pro Program. And part of that is we go into schools and teach them how to build the boats we build at camp, those the skin on frame wooden canoes. And it's really what cool. What kind of age groups are you with? So we're, we're anywhere from fifth graders all the way up to seniors in high school, depending on uh, the school. And you actually have the kids go out on the water and ride in the boat that they build, right? Yeah, yeah. So when we get to a, get to a school, we'll build a boat, and that takes like a week and a half. And then after they've completed that, we take them on the, a field trip where they go on the Little Miami River in Ohio, and we'll teach them how to canoe for part of the day. And then also part of the day, they're uh, learning fire by friction, uh, how to make a campfire, how to cook on a campfire. All those necessities, like almost like a cruising school, I'd say. It's a very cruising school like. Yeah, and I can speak from experience. The kids really love it, you know, because they get to uh, duck out of a class and come work on a boat. And like all the kids are super excited to learn how to use the tools to steam bend. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because uh, a lot of the kids that may even struggle in their class, maybe they can't stay focused. I've had a lot of teachers when they're, I will not have a problem with them at all, and they love carving a stem for the boat or carving a paddle and the, the teachers will come up to me and be like I've never seen this kid so focused or so into something and it's really cool that it's like well I didn't even have a problem with him I guess he like he or she could have a hard time focusing in class but there it's just like dialed in yeah and do you have an experience that really stands out that got you excited about boat building yeah there's a kid uh at Kilgore Elementary, when Matt and I were building a canoe together, that was really struggling with school, not operating on a uh, on the equal plane as his peers, and always had a guidance counselor with him. And he got brought down, and the guidance counselor was really like hesitant at first to let him do anything. And then I just gave him a thing called the hog. It's this big block plane that just shaves off bunch like huge chunks of wood. I let him go to town on this paddle. He loved it. He just like would not stop. That's all he did for the whole day, and he was like loving it and the guidance counselor came up to me afterwards he's like, i've never seen him so happy or so focused in school before wow. i think it just really shows like you know if school's not your thing there's other options or there's like hand like hands-on to school now school nowadays is so off off hands so now being like being able to work with something with your hands in a, in a school can really help Heck yeah. Put in the education and the education and camping foundation, a lot of new ways, alternative ways to learn and just get and learn new skills, alternative skills. What, is, what are some of the other things the foundation is doing with, within like regard to this program? Yeah. So in Cincinnati, we do that with uh, local uh, Cincinnati public schools or Montessori schools. And then we also have a partnership with the University of Cincinnati. And we have a uh, certificate program there called Experiential Outdoor Leadership. And so it's probably 12 credit hours and two of the classes. One is uh, uh, open, like open think tank. And for the whole semester, uh, students from all different uh, backgrounds, majors come together and the Camping Education Foundation gives them a problem. Like how can we uh, affect the most uh, kids in Cincinnati or in urban cities as possible? And the whole month they or the whole semester, they like come up and with really cool ideas and then present it to us. And then also one of the other classes is a two week canoe trip that's actually in Canada. And we start at Oakansi and it's a loop trip or last year we did the English. And that's really cool to see students, college students that like getting out of their comfort zone and trying something new. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And then 
another thing is we also just uh i'm not sure if acquired is the right word but uh we're being let into burnett woods which is a park right across from uc's campus it has a pond and also has a a building and we're renovating that building to be an all green 100 percent natural resource building and that's where our headquarters for the urban wilderness program is eventually going to be and we're going to have like a boat building like wood shop where in the after school programs and then we'll do our field trips there and we can really uh be very educational about how we teach canoeing on that like a flat water instead of a river and we'll do like obstacle races and also do have a woodsmanship station it's basically like bringing camp to a city so it's really interesting yeah yeah that sounds crazy yeah so it seems like it's really expanding fast uh so how many schools have you met up with so far and worked with yeah so we currently work with uh about 20 schools and that averages to about a little over a thousand kids a year and so, but we're always looking for new opportunities, new schools to work with. And we're, we're talking to a few currently right now. And all the schools really seem to get what we're doing and understand that's like very educational and important for these kids who maybe have never even been in a canoe before to get these kind of experiences. Yeah, and I can speak from experience. It, it's definitely a really cool program. And, uh, you know, I think it's something great for the city too and for the kids. Yeah, I mean... I grew up in Cincinnati. I've lived here all my life. And, you know, without camp or without that outdoor outlet, I would, I don't know even who I'd be today. So I think it's a, important that give everyone the opportunity to be able to explore the outdoors. Well, Trace, thank you so much for uh, coming onto the podcast. Love to see you paddling around in one of these beautiful skin frame boats. It's, uh, it's really amazing work. It sounds like you're doing yeah, thank you. I'm gonna go paddle in and get a shower. I'm a little sweaty from that that race. Guys, look at that! That second bell. Yes, sir. Well, with that, folks, that's another episode in the books. We will see you next time, right here at First Bell. Ooh, Great show, guys. I feel good about that. You feel good about that? Let's paddle in at dinner. Paddle. Paddle. Put the ash to her, Zach.